Welcome to You, Me, Empathy. A safe place for leading with your heart. Hey, thanks for being here. You, Me, Empathy is the official podcast of the Feely Human Collective, a collaborative mental health community designed to empower each of us to grow our capacity for empathy, vulnerability, and emotional wayfinding. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Known as just a silly boy with a feely heart. You can support the show by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts, following us on social media at Yumi Empathy and Feely Human, and joining the Feely Human Collective community at feelyhuman.co. And now your host, Known Wells. Hello, feely humans. Welcome to another episode of You, Me, Empathy. My name is Known Wells. This is episode 154 on Magic is Real with my friend Inertia DeWitt. Inertia and I, in this episode, explore giving ourselves room to fall apart, compassionate breakups, growing up in a pro-curiosity and wonder family. Hmm, what's that like? And how PTSD shows up in our bodies and when we least expect it. And also why magic is real. We talk about spirituality and chakras, and uh, there's also a trigger warning for this episode. Inertia and I uh, mention eating disorders, uh, suicidal ideation, and sexual assault. So uh, fair warning. We don't get into uh, explicit details uh, or anything, but they're mentioned uh, just, just to let you know. Uh, it's a great episode. I love Inertia. She is a delight. She is a bright, magical human being, and I'm grateful to know her. Before we get to the episode, though, I just wanted to check in uh, real quick. Uh, since we last spoke, and I shared about this on uh, Instagram over at, at Yumi Empathy, I went to the hospital. No, I went to the doctor, I should say. That's more accurate. I went to the doctor because for the last month, uh, basically, I've had a tight chest and a sort of uh, pangs and sharp pains in my heart. <laughs> and you know, I—it's I, funny because I—I part of me, I, I guess, I, it went a whole month because part of me was thinking it's anxiety, right? We're living in a pandemic. It's anxious times. It's weird times. I'm doing a lot. You know, it's probably anxiety, right? And I certainly do have anxiety. And that should be addressed, right? And 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 that so that that there's one part of me that was like, it's just anxiety. You're okay. You're fine. And and maybe a piece of it is like, stop being so whiny. You know, stop being such a burden to the people in your life. Even though I'm not really a burden to the people in my life, but that's that's the limiting belief. That's the hate, right? That that's me telling myself I'm a burden, which is not true. And then the other side of it is like, hey. You've got insurance. You deserve care and nourishment. You deserve to be looked at, right? You know, these these are important things for all of us to recognize. Like if something's going on, it's it's maybe it's important to check it out sometimes. So I did. I went and turns out I have some abnormalities in my heart. Uh it's called the initial uh result was called uh intraventricle conduction delay. And there's not much on the internet about this, but I don't think I'm dying or anything. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's an abnormality, and I'm going to see in a couple of days 
uh, on Wednesday, actually, this week, I'm going to see a uh, cardiologist to, to do some more tests, probably to check it out. And, and, you know, we'll have more information from there. But I just, I'm grateful that I went to the doctor and I feel proud of myself for going because I think certainly, at, you know, 10 years ago, me would have been, you know, would have not gone and would have been just like, you know, shrugging it off or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll give that to you. Like, you deserve to be nourished. You deserve to be looked at. It's important. So, you know, if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling tightness in your chest, like, especially when it comes to heart stuff, get that stuff checked out. It's important. Even though it, it, maybe it's just anxiety, maybe it's something else, but get it checked out. You're, you're worthy of being seen. Okay. And uh, so I'm wearing this uh, heart monitor uh, that's on my chest for the next two weeks. It'll be another week after after today or so. And uh, that's been weird as well. The first couple of nights having it on, I, I was so focused on my breathing that, uh, that I like drifted out into like moments of like not being focused on my breathing. And then I thought, uh, I'm not breathing. Uh, so I didn't sleep very well the first few nights, but it's getting a little better, even though I'm, I'm, I am tired of the feeling of tightness and, you know, pain in my chest that... That is not something I, I necessarily want to live with, you know, forever. So hopefully they can figure it out. Anyways, wanted to give you a a, a, a little uh, update there. Um, and the other update is Yumi Empathy and myself and, and Feely Human is on Patreon at patreon.com slash Feely Human. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Feely Human. It's a it's a way to support me on an ongoing basis, and uh, you get free, uh, not free. You get bonus episodes, one bonus episode a month, uh, as all as as well as like a bonus uh, or not just bonus, just monthly Zoom hangs with me and other pals, other feely humans like yourself, and other fun rewards. So. If you have a few bucks a month you want to support me with, that would be wonderful. If not, that's cool too. But if you're curious, go to patreon.com slash human. And that link is also in the show notes for this episode. And uh, a free way to support the show is to leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. I know I mention it all the time, but if you haven't done it, I know there's thousands of you listening, okay? And there are only maybe 115 reviews. Come on, we can do better percentages than that. I know I'm being a broken record and maybe being a little of a bully, but uh, it helps. It truly does help. So if you haven't left a rating and review in Apple Podcasts, please do. I uh, I love you for doing that. So thank you. And uh, hope you're safe. Hope you're finding some healing and connection that you deserve. Uh, hopefully your holiday was okay. And, um, oh, I guess the last thing I'll say is, uh, there's 20% off in the shop right now. Uh, if you use the, the code feely 20, if you go to feelyhuman.co slash shop, or just go to feelyhuman.co and search and find the shop there, uh, you can, uh, get 20% off through the end of the year. So if you're looking for a cute little shirt or a pin and some stickers, there's not much there, you know? But if you want to support me and you like the stuff, consider uh, getting some stuff. It's Again, it's 20% off through the end of the year. Use code FEELY20 at feelyhuman.co. 
Okay. That's enough of the plugs. Thank you for listening, Feely Humans. I so cherish you. I cherish your heart. I'm grateful, so deeply grateful for you guys. Um, you make this show worth doing, so thank you. And let's get into this uh, this episode. Let's get into this chat with my friend Inertia DeWitt on Magic is Real. Magic, 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 real, 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 Welcome to You, Me, Empathy, the official podcast of the Feely Human Collective. On this show, we explore the struggles, the triumphs, the brights and the darks we face as humans trying to get by on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. The intent of You, Me, Empathy is to talk openly without judgment about our mental health, our neuroses, our shared anxieties and worries to create a dialogue that is vulnerable and deeply human and empathetic and to share that dialogue with others to inspire emotional and cognitive collaboration and insight so we can, hand in hand, break down the stigma that make us feel shame and guilt for struggling, for feeling our feelings, for being feely humans. Yumi Empathy is a safe, friendly space designed to inspire the beauty in each of us. Today, I am thrilled to be here with therapist, resilience builder, and self-awareness and spirituality deepener, Inertia DeWitt. Hello, Inertia. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you, too. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, I love coming up with my little intros. They're fun. I'm flattered. <laughs> well, I'm so grateful to have you here. Um, let's uh, The thing we do, Inertia, to start off the show is we always do an emotional check-in. How, how, are, you, how are you feeling? I am feeling um, full, like full and, and uh, mm, like I could move in any direction emotionally, <laughs> for mm. better or worse. Yeah. Sure. So a little wavery, a little uh, kind of tipping both ways, kind of, kind of, I'm like moving my body and kind of like a wavery, yeah. like dancey kind of that, that, uh, yeah. One weird character, you know, on the side of the road with the floppy arms, you know, that guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 um, I'm responding, you know. <laughs> mm. There's a lot to respond to right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. At times it is. Um, this morning, well, yesterday I was like, really feeling good. I was feeling so good. I I've, I've been having a hard time, um, the last like six weeks or so kind of in and out of pretty hard, depressive kind of states. And, um, uh, the outs of that <laughs> are wonderful. And so yesterday was one of those days where I was just like, ah, oh, yes, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. And I, 
went outside. I took a long walk. I was like outside almost all day. I got to read and like catch up with a couple friends and then, and I fell asleep feeling good. And then today I woke up like crying. (laughs) Mm. So, um, yeah, I did a little self care this morning, just being with that with myself and allowing myself to just be sad, even though I wasn't entirely, uh, I mean, I know why, and I also don't know why. Um, so that was an interesting process, just trying to like let it be and um, tap into some Abraham Hicks, <laughs> which usually helps me kind of recenter and realign with what I feel is my higher power source, uh, self, higher self. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, of course, then made me really tired because I was tired from processing all those emotions and then <laughs> took a little nap prior to... Um, jumping on with you, but I feel much more aligned right now. So Hmm. that's good. Yeah. I, 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 I very much relate and I, I'd imagine many of our listeners can relate to this feeling right now of that unwavering of that sort of really swiftly vacillating ups and downs that are happening right now in our hearts and our, on our noggins. And, uh, uh, the, just the feeling of being a little bit untethered, you know? Yeah. Um, I think now more than ever, you know, finding those things, whether it's in music or in yoga, whatever it may, reading, writing, you know, uh, mindfulness, whatever it may be, spirituality, uh, finding the things that can be that, that anchor for us for a moment and allow us to just be, you know, just be in the, in the things in the, be in the feelings, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as you kind of introduced me, you know, I, I, this is what I practice and teach. And so I, I practice it, you know, I really hold myself to trying to implement what I, what I know. Hmm. Do you ever feel a pressure because you teach it that you have to like, be this beacon of perfection in the thing? Um, yes, sometimes. Yeah. 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 I think I give myself a lot of room to fall apart though. And, and and remember that, um, you know, um, regulating or being resilient or being human. Like it's, it is about experiencing a lot of different complex and nuanced, um, expressions or emotions, thoughts. Right. And, um, I'm also, you know, coming from a depth psychotherapy perspective, which is all about like integrating the shadow and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's not, it's not always, I'm, I'm resilient and happy and, 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 you know, creative and all of that. Like now for me, it also includes like going to the dark, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. You mentioned before inertia, the, you know, this, this, you know, you in this space and, and kind of maybe having an inkling or an understanding or an insight of like, why am I feeling this way? But also a lot of it, like not feeling, you know, there's like a, this disparate thing going on where we, okay, I am feeling sad and there are some things that can contribute to that. And these things I can pinpoint, but there's probably a lot of other things that I don't know that are, you know, I don't know why they're contributing to this or I don't, I don't know what they are completely. Like 
how like for you as someone in this space and just for your own mental health how how important is is it to kind of have a bit of that um let me just back up i i feel like when i'm in my like i have major depressive disorder so i i have moments of really dark darkness right and i and and what helps me sometimes is is the curiosity right is to try to figure out what's going on is to try to figure out what the source of this is but also there is um there's another piece of it that that i just need to allow it to just kind of be and and allow it to be a mystery cuz sometimes you're just not going to know and there's a there's a i think that's an important piece of it don't you think absolutely Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm. I'm not sure if you're like into astrology or not, but I'm a Virgo rising, and um, uh-huh. I really like to know how things work and how to perfect them and like figure stuff out. And I'm also a Gemini, so like I have a lot of that energy of like, let me figure out all the perspectives of this thing, and tr- and then on top of that, try to perfect it. Um, mm. I have a lot of those inclinations and, and those are gifts. And, and at the same time, um, when I find myself leaning too heavily into this idea of I'm going to fix it, or I'm going to figure it out, even maybe I'm not even going to fix it, but I'm going to figure it out. Um, I, I, I find that I'm not leaving space for, um, God or the divine or yeah, mystery. Um, Mm. and that to me is like, uh, a beautiful humility that we need to embrace more. And I try to, you know, remember or, you know, remind myself of, um, actually this morning, uh, I was journaling, I was reflecting on a period of time when I was like in my teens and like early twenties where I just, I would actually just wake up naturally like, what's going to happen today? Like, I have no idea what's going to unfold, you know? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, like I, I want that again. I want to wake up really tuned into this, like the mystery Mm. of life and the awe of it and the curiosity that comes from being like kind of excited about anticipating something interesting to unfold. And, um, that's, I think maybe more, if I'm putting it astrologically, that's a bit more of my Gemini, you know, side coming forward of like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to find out. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it can be fun um, and mysterious. And, and I enjoy that. I actually really enjoy that. Um, and I'm not sure that everybody has that same relationship to the unknown. I think sometimes yeah. unknown is really terrifying and, and I can relate to that. I mean, I definitely have a lot of like, wow, I don't know. And this is new territory that makes me uneasy. It makes me scared. It makes me anxious. Um, it's yeah. It brings up a lot of other things too. And I think I'm remembering that a lot these days that like, mm-hmm. Oh, right. Like I don't know. It's okay for me to not know. And it can also be um, okay for, for, for me to land in a place of the, unknown or not knowing um that's that's tough or challenging yeah yeah no that's so well said i because you know in the it is a tricky thing because like the the no like the the mindset of knowing and and curiosity and seeking is a good one like like there there's like so much value there right yeah Uh, we should always be sort of seeking and learning and knowing but 
can't help it. We're always making meaning, you know, exactly like we're trying to organize our experience and make meaning out of it or understanding out of it. That's, that, yeah. we can't stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, I would say that like, we all just say for me, like I can get caught in the, like too much of it. I'll just get caught in this. Like, Oh, I, I need, like I need to understand. Otherwise, like, a, B, C is not going to happen. Like, and I think that right. that's, that's not okay. And it's, it's precisely like, this is a recurring theme on this show. And it's precisely why I always sort of couch this show in, like I mentioned the pale blue dot, this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. I go back to Carl Sagan and his pale blue dot sort of message. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is so much um, that we don't know. Right. Right. And that is a right. scary thing, right? But that's yeah. also such a um, an opportunity for learning about ourselves and the world and each other in ways that we don't know yet. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I totally agree. I, I mean, I'm I'm much more leaning into this habit of I got to figure things out, uh, and if I don't figure things out, um, I'm failing, or I mm. won't have what I want, or um, yeah some, some story like that. I'm very much leaning into that, you know, lately. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like a constant reminder, um, right now of like, it's okay that you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't really even know what's happening, um, right now. So my reminder to myself has been just like, stay really close to the present moment. And I know that every time I say that it sounds like really cliche, but, um, it's, legit <laughs> you know like, <laughs> uh, i don't know what it's everything is. right like the future is full of infinite possibilities we might think we're we know what's going to happen but we we really don't we really yeah. don't and it's unfolding gradually every moment and so if i can stay closer to the present moment for me and if i can stay closer to my my own tenderness like what feels really tender right now my own humanity right now um and move slower I, I feel like I'm just moving in more alignment with like, okay, what is my, what does my spirit need right now? What does it want right now? Okay. You know what? It actually just wants to lay here and cry and um, cover my head, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. That's good. Let me do that. You know? And it's like, all right, what does it want to do next? It wants to eat breakfast. Let me actually listen to that. That's I've, I've been having a hard time staying um, uh, in a, in a healthy rhythm. I think with, with my eating, like my appetite's thrown off. So Mm. when I feel like, Oh, wait a minute. No, there's an actual impulse there. Like it's happening right now. Can you follow that? Um, instead of getting engulfed in the dread and the guilt, uh, grief that's present, um, that then, you know, doesn't, doesn't really want me to eat that, that grief and the dread, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I lately I have, I've not been feeling right in my body, in my own body. Like I, um, I don't know if you know this, but I, and this is not related to it, but like I have like in my early, uh, my late teens and and into my mid twenties, I struggle with anorexia and, and lately I've been, I, and I'm, I am someone also, and I, I don't struggle still, but I am someone who's had lots of weird physical stuff in my life. And I, I, I think a lot of it, I'd imagine is due to the fact that I, you know, hurt my body so deeply through, uh, you know, 
this life, you know, basically an illness that almost killed me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and lately I I've had like my, <laughs> I've been talking about it on Instagram a bit, but like my, I've been having hormonal issues. My testosterone is turning into estrogen and I have like all these weird abnormalities that the doctors can't really understand what's going on. And lately I've been feeling these immense periods of lethargy and exhaustion that just like I'm not used to and it's really strange. And I'm like, you know, 10 minutes before I got into this call inertia, I was Googling, terrible idea, don't do this listeners. I was Googling like, what are the symptoms of thyroid cancer, you know? And like all these like things that like I, I'm feeling weird in my body and I don't know what's going on. And so like, that's when it's hard to like be present, right? Cause when you're not feeling anchored and, and safe and comfortable in your own body, you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do the Googling. I'm going to, you know, right, scroll right. the shit out of Instagram, whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah yeah and and it's that part of us that's like you know we need to know i need to figure it out and and we think that we're in control and um again it's it's like we can't help but want to know and want to figure it out and sometimes we then reach for um stories either in our own minds or externally in you know on the google search or whatever Mm. for the answer that actually ends up reflecting our fears you know, right. Yes. Exacerbates it. Um, Yeah. yeah. We're really, yeah, we're out to, we're really out to like confirm our own worst fears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Unfortunately, that's, that's the vulnerability of that space moving from that space, acting from that space, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can, um, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, a sure about this or diagnosed in in any formal way, but I, I definitely have a sort of lean towards the binge eating, um, range of, of eating disorder. And Mm. that, um, creates its own set of problems. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm just sharing because this is what's on my mind. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> I recently, it. I, I've known about the like anti candida diet or, you know, the candida cleanse and stuff for a long time. But a friend of mine recently shared with me um, her experience with uh, in, uh, her eating disorder and doing an anti um, candida cleanse to help um, rid the yeast, the yeast overgrowth that can become a, <clears throat> um, you know, like a little entity feeding off, mm. of your, off of your gut. So I'm, I'm, I was kind of on board with like, okay, I'm going to make this change in my, my, um, my, my health lifestyle, right. Not just like my diet, but like, yeah. I'm going to approach this because it's, I know my, I know that my body's telling me, yeah, you should do this. Um, and then I got really thrown off from like everything. Cause I ended up going through a breakup or I'm mm. in the process of a breakup and that like stirred up so much Just talk about like destabilization. Um, yeah. you know, that was super disorienting and still is, I'm still in the midst of it, I think. And, uh, yeah. So I woke up today kind of like looking at the junk food that was like by my bed. I'm just like, okay, like it's, it's time to, to re, you know, re, uh, commit to that, that change. Um, mm. it's not helping, you know, waking up feeling like shit, is not 
is not helping, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm sorry you have, you had to and have, or are going through that breakup that, that can't be easy. Yeah. It's really, um, it was really kind of an abrupt thing that is, yeah, the, the, the aftershocks, you know, the after waves, like are just hitting me. Um, especially because I'm trying to figure out like, uh, given the state of the world right now, this, this beautiful blue dot, um, (laughs) you know, and what I know about, or what I think I know about, um, how human beings, you know, um, are most supported. Like what I think I know is that we do best when we're in connection and that, um, you know, ripping away an attachment source or figure can be more traumatic than necessary. Hmm. Um, and like some other things that I really believe in and I think about as far as just like my own sense of compassion and forgiveness, like, I don't know that I want to have this like hard cutoff with this person. And at the yeah. same time, I, I know that that means that I'm going to be vulnerable to kind of, uh, you know, pick at the scab, you know what I mean? Like be really yeah. wounded in it. And so I'm navigating that trying to make again, decisions in the moment day by day about, am I really, do I actually want to talk to this person right now? Do I want to see them? Or does my, do I actually just need a little bit of space? Like what is, yeah what is coming up for me in the present moment. And it's, it's, it's a very different way I think than I've ever moved through um, a a breakup. So it's challenging. (laughs) Hmm. Do you, I mean, it it, it feels very honoring. Like it feels very self honoring. Like you in that moment realizing, Hey, like, uh, you know, a cutoff in this way doesn't feel right. And so, how do we navigate that in a way that's, you know, mutually beneficial, that's mutually honoring, that's, that still has its boundaries. Like that is like, that's beautiful. I think. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It feels, it feels like the right thing to do for me at this point in my life. Um, Sure. And, and I'm proud of that actually. I'm proud of like trying, trying it. Um, yeah, you should be. Yeah. Uh, Inertia, can you tell me a little bit about, like, I'm, I'm, I'm always deeply curious about how, you know, sort of like how people came to be who they are, right? Like, I have lots of, like, wild stories from childhood and my youth and, and childhood traumas and, and various things that, like, have contributed to the person I, I am now. Um, so I'm curious about your childhood or young adulthood. I, I, I want to hear from you about like a moment or two or a, a memory that kind of sticks out in your, in your noggin as being an important part of your self-actualization or journey or story, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have to be yeah. big S story, just like moments that stick out in your mind as being these crucial, you know, identity moments. Anything you want to share that comes up? Yeah. Um, I have a tendency to, excuse me, 
have a tendency to go to the traumas. And Me too. <clears throat> yeah, I and I, I and those moments. There are moments that are super impactful, as far as um, yeah, just like yeah, character building or you know, just, yeah, the the development of my own identity and the multiple, you know, multidimensionality of that. But yeah. um, I I feel like it's important to maybe share that. Um, I grew up in a blended family. So my, my parents, um, my parents, my biological parents have, uh, have three kids together. So I'm the middle of that, that set of children. And my mom has two daughters, uh, prior to, to us. Um, but we all grew up in the same house. They're my sisters. Um, they are, they, they're white. I'm mixed race. And so we're blended not only just, um, <clears throat> in terms of like what that means in, in general, right? Like mixed mm-hmm. families, but also like in our racial or ethnic, ident- you know, presentation, Yeah. um, which in the nineties, I was born in 87. So like in the nineties, like that was not really something I, I witnessed outside of my family. Hmm. Um, and where did you grow up? Uh, Sacramento, California. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an important thing about my childhood or my, my family upbringing. That's that I don't necessarily usually share, but, um, is important, definitely impactful in ways that I'm still kind of learning. Hmm. Um, my mom, has mental health challenges. I think, you know, she's, um, deals with persistent depression Mm -hmm. and, um, grew up with a lot of trauma in her household. Um, runs very anxious, very anxious. (laughs) Um, and my mom is also a midwife and like brought in, uh, a world of, kind of mystery and magic. Um, through her, I learned about and was introduced to astrology and like sort of all the somewhat like occult sort of, um, things that has been very influential to me. Um, your mom's a healer. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She is. Um, all of us were born at home and, um, same. I'm the fourth out of her five kids and I was born at home very fast. I was very fast Mm. and the midwife didn't make it. So my parents uh, delivered me. Um, These are, these feel like important stories. I don't know. Mm, I've never ate meat my entire life. Wow. Um, Which is like, it's like these things that seem kind of, I don't know. I don't like on trend a little bit today. Sure wasn't that way when I was a kid it wasn't cool to have like naturally curly hair and like (laughs) you know be vegetarian it was not it was not cool back then um or to be into astrology or like chakras or crystals and (laughs) stuff like um and then my my dad um I didn't my dad is a very kind of eccentric person his character um but and I you know I was new like yeah my dad's kind of different but I didn't uh know until I was like 16 that 
Um, he actually is diagnosed schizophrenic or schizoaffective actually. Mm. Um, so that means that he has schizophrenia and a mood disorder. So, and a lot of, I think my earlier childhood, I don't know exactly when I can't tell when he actually got on medication, but, um, most of my life was, you know, or childhood, I should say he was unmedicated. So that's, uh, something I'm very much still unpacking. Um, you know, it's hard sometimes, and I'm very close to my dad, especially as a kid, I was much more close to him than my mom. And mm. we bonded over kind of, uh, you know, intellectual stuff, like figuring stuff out, you know, like I, that's yeah. something that we, you know, we talk about different theories and ideas and he would, you know, uh, nurture my, um, my intellect. And, yeah. and I really value that and I'm super grateful for it. And there's also a complexity to it because of the, um, sometimes really jarring, abrupt, unexpected, uh, extreme changes or, um, reactions, uh, emotionally actually mm. from both of them or with both of them. But, um, yeah, it, it was kind of like you didn't know what you were going to get. And I, and I think that, or you did know, and you're just in anticipation of like when, when that, you know, lecture, the five hour lecture, the day long lecture is going to come or, mm. or, you know, the, I don't know, there's a lot of other things, but like, <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that, that unease is something that, that, that I lived with and my siblings and I talk about just that the sort of, anticipation of like something shitty is going to happen and you don't know exactly when or what is going to be like that, that stance, that embodied sort of stance is something I've spent the majority of my adult life unlearning and rewiring. Um, Yeah. And I guess I would say, uh, you know, there are other, like so many other moments as far as my, um, life, I guess, in general. Mm-hmm. But one thing that has always been really impactful for me, even as a kid was dancing. And I ended up going to school when I was in college, I studied dance. And then I ended up getting um, my math first master's in dance. Wow. And that has really um, shaped the way I view the world in another way, um, outside of sort of my influence from my dad, I would say, um, it's given me my own access to my own like research and language and knowing this cause it's, it's embodied, um, as opposed to the, all the intellectual, as much as dance is very intellectual, I will say, um, at least in the way I learned it. So that's, that would be another really <laughs> pivotal mm-hmm. piece of my story. Um, yeah. and, uh, in that master's program, I, um, actually very, beginning of the second semester of this program, um, I found out that I was dealing with PTSD and went to therapy and did all this treatment for it. And, um, because at the time I was like, I'm living like my best life. Like I'm, I'm in grad school. Like it's beautiful. I'm, I'm like, everything is great, but why am I so, why am I so fucked up right now? Like I was, I didn't have a name for it at the time, but I was very dissociated. I was just walking mm. around like a zombie. Like I went to school in Arizona. And so it's like, 
it's sunny in January, you know, like the, the yeah, yeah. bright and shiny. And I was just like a zombie. Like it felt like a movie and all this stuff. And I knew something was off when I was like skipping school to like drink by myself. I'm like, um, mm. this is out of character. What's going on? So ended up going to see the school, um, a psychiatrist and she immediately assessed me for PTSD and was like, yeah, so this is real and mm. <laughs> here's some options for you. And at that point I decided, okay, I know enough about the body and about how we can heal ourselves. I know that that's possible. And so it kind of, that was a catalyst for me to really actually start studying, um, psychology. I mean, I was doing yeah. it in a sort of indirect way, but, um, that's, that's what, yeah, let is sort of the pivotal moment that led me towards, um, eventually becoming a therapist. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. I would love to explore a little bit. Um, yeah. you know, the, the PTSD, uh, did that, how did that come into being and, and what did you say to that therapist to like, to, to get her to think like, oh my gosh, yeah, you, you certainly have this uh, diagnosis. Like what, how do you, I guess, how do you think about that diagnosis today in terms of like your healing and, and what, what is it connected to you or how is it connected to you and your memory uh, from growing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there were some specific things that were happening in the, in the moment that, uh, would be the, like meet the criteria, right. For the diagnosis, as far as, um, the dissociative kind of feelings of not being really in my body, um, Mm. having such a difficult time focusing, like I, you know, I'm in grad school, right. So you're reading, 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 writing, writing, writing. And I would read these articles and I would get to the end of them. And I'd be like, I have no I have no idea what I just read. Like I wasn't retaining the information. So the difficulty processing and recollecting um, was absolutely part of it that she recognized. Um, Nightmares, difficulty sleeping, sometimes oversleeping. Um, And yeah, um, those are, you know, those are like the main ones that kind of stand out to me at this point. Um, But then there's also the history. So for to be diagnosed with PTSD, like you have to have even ex- either experienced or been exposed to something life threatening. And mm. when I went in and she's ta- talking to me about PTSD, I'm like, what? Like, I didn't go to war. Like, what do you, you know? Like, right. I, yeah. I don't know. You know, I didn't know anything at the time about really what, what that, you know, meant. Um, so some of my history also includes, um, so what, how old was I when I started that program? I don't remember. Um, well, when I was 18, I was sexually assaulted and that was a big factor in, in, in the diagnosis. Um, Mm. most of the the catalyst I think for that was because of that assault. Um, but there's one other factor that happened, which was six months after I had been, um, raped, one of my dearest friends that I had known since kindergarten was like a brother to me, um, was murdered. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, that was an intense year. Um, so I never really taught, I really didn't talk about either of those things to be honest. Um, and that created some dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> for me, um, 
there were certain things that also happened after that, um, you know, sort of like a building up. So at some point, maybe a couple years after that, um, I couldn't be intimate with people. Like I would have like a very startling, like panic attack response. Like even if somebody was just like sitting close to me and like holding my hand or like wanting to give me a kiss, like I'd I'd start hyperventilating and like have to get away. Right. Um, Right. And so, you know, at the time for school, like I wasn't in a relationship, so I wasn't dealing with those things, but they were still present. Mm. I just wasn't being triggered, you know? Um, So those are some of the main factors. And then as far as childhood, what I discovered actually in therapy, um, so I did EMDR, a treatment um, for PTSD with EMDR, which stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. I'm doing Um, that right now. Oh, are you? Yep. Yeah, yep. it's like really intense and powerful. Yeah, it's uh, it's exhausting, but it's yeah. it's going. Yeah. yeah, it's going well. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I um, oh yeah, I did that for a year, and in that process, realized oh, some of these, um, what led me to even sort of being in the position, I think of, um. I'm not saying that it like, like I'm to blame or whatever for, for being assaulted, but I, I'm a part of that story. And Mm. part of it um, was connected to certain things that I learned growing up. And, and part of that was that it's that I don't deserve respect. Um, One of the the beliefs that I I held onto was I don't deserve respect because I had been hit by my parents in public before. Um, You know, I'd been slapped across the face at school by a student, um, you know, when I was in seventh grade, like there's these moments that really just, I took in this message like, oh, I don't deserve respect. I don't matter. Um, And that the, like in the process of doing EMDR, you know, it started with those earlier memories of trauma that were somehow tied, at least in my brain, somehow tied, right. Everything's connected. So yeah. Um, it was very intense as, yeah, I'm, I feel for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going through the process again, actually doing EMDR again now, as well as a different, um, uh, approach, which is called havening, um, based on the same kind of neuroscience, but super intense, <laughs> Yeah, it's super intense. It's exhausting. And I was in a grad program trying to like work on a thesis, you know, <laughs> just like, that's <laughs> too much. Yeah. It was a yeah. lot. <laughs> Wow, um, but really well, exciting actually at the same time because I was realizing the changes, like I was seeing myself get better, um, and mm. I'm getting the answers of like why, you know, how did this happen, sort of thing. Like I was starting to understand, oh, all of this stuff is connected, and here's how for my my life, um, which yeah. feels good, you know, even though those. Yeah those truths are hard there. It's like, okay, all right, well now I know kind of what I'm working with, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, for me, like when you said inertia, like you're trying to maybe unlearn some of those deep limiting beliefs that you don't deserve respect or that you don't matter. You know, I, I, I mean, that's precisely why I've been going to therapy is because I have these deep beliefs that I don't deserve love and that I deserve to be in pain, mm-hmm. these deep beliefs that are connected to these early experiences and early traumas. But, um, you know, it, it is, it has been enlightening and difficult and exhausting, but, um, 
you know, deeply pers- uh, purposeful too. Like I've learned a lot through the process and I've, I think I'm, I think I'm getting better at saying to myself, you know, when those things pop up, say, saying to myself, is that true? Right. Mm-hmm. Is, is this true? I don't, I don't know if it is, you know, like and asking that question and, or, or counteracting it in some way, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. 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 That's such a good question to, to integrate. Uh, yeah. Um, these, these negative beliefs that, well, as I'm, I'm learning now as a therapist, like, yeah, we all have them. And some, some of us have, uh, you know, ones that just hit harder, but we all have access to all of them, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm also learning that it is possible to change them. You know, I think my experience actually in therapy at that time, um, was like such strong proof actually that like, wow, I don't have to live with that debilitating, um, sense of, of disrespect or whatever, like the, there, and I'm not saying it's totally gone. It's still stuff I'm working on. Yeah. Um, the, it was so drastic at that time that I was like, Whoa, I'm, I've been dissociated my whole life and now I'm back in my body. Like, Whoa, it was, it was profound, you know, to have Mm. that, that sense of like, wow, okay. Something really radical just happened and I'm, I'm healing. I'm not done, but I'm healing. And I have, um, connection to, um, my own power in a way that I, I really had never felt before for a sustained period of time. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that's another connection as far as like to my childhood, like the dissociation, you know, that was a survival mechanism that I had available to me. Um, yeah. and I'm grateful. So, yeah. 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 Gosh, I, I'm relating so hard. Like I, it is, it is, uh, <laughs> we do learn those survival mechanisms in childhood, especially when uh, we feel unsafe, right? Or when we feel uh, like we have to protect ourselves or protect our siblings, right? Or, or guard, or as you put it, like you're basically preparing for the, the thing that keeps happening that you need to like, you know, um, prepare mentally and physically even like, and then we bring these things into into our adulthood and we're like what what are these things these these aren't yeah they maybe yeah, serve they, me they, for a time but they're not tools any longer they're just bringing me down right they start to yeah right when we change environments they start to feel like it's almost like um i felt like my body was working against me i felt like mm. I, you know, it's kind of like, why did, why, why does my body hate me? Like, what is going on? Like, um, and yeah, when we're, and that, I think that's part of it. Like I was in Arizona, I was in this whole new environment. I was doing something I really loved and also was doing a lot of somatic work that brought up a lot of shit, you know, that wasn't contained or processed, uh, thoroughly. Um, that wasn't the right context for it really. Um, but ultimately like I was in a place to heal it and, so it was all coming up and that was good. Um, overall that was good, but yeah, it's hard to kind of make sense of like, well, why, why am I doing this anyway? Like it doesn't work. It's not really helpful, but it was at some point. And Mm. yeah, we all can go to the dissociative place. We can go to the fight place. We can go to the runaway place. That's part of our human design. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's, it's sad to me to think that like so many of us, um, 
go through our early years having having to to drop into the dissociative place because that's our last resort. That means we don't feel like we have any other options, you know, like that, that breaks my heart. <laughs> it really breaks yeah, my heart. And mine too. part of what makes me passionate about helping people reconnect to their bodies in a, in a way where they can remember, wait, no, we do have other options. We don't have to drop into the dissociative place, which for me uh, and, and many, I, you know, this is universal, I think um, is, tends to be connected with um, not only depression, but, you know, suicidal ideation. And mm-hmm. that was another factor um, as far as, you know, symptoms and stuff that I dealt with before and still deal with from time to time. Um, yeah. Same. It goes hand in hand with that state. It's a neurological state, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's it was always a... Uh, like like the last resort choice like and not 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 wanting to die but wanting um uh to put an end to this feeling you know uh and and that you know and and for me i'll just speak for me for me it was just like i don't know what else to do or i don't have the answers or the tools yet or whatever it may be but yeah you're right like i still have you know dark moments where i think about it and um it's always kind of scary, but I also know that it's a it's a place I've been and it's a place I I can get through because I, I have before, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, and what you're naming right now, I, I so relate to it. It's something that I used um, quite a quite a bit in my twenties, and sometimes share with clients that like, okay, when we're in that place and. For me, I don't actually have a desire to kill myself. It's just that I have intrusive thoughts about hurting myself or dying. Mm, It's intrusive. It's it's sometimes relentless. Um, Mm. Because I can witness them and I recognize like, I don't really want that. That's not really what I think or feel like. um, I've read it as a metaphor, you know, okay, well, the part of me wants to die. What part, what is that part that wants to die? What is that part that wants to be transformed? What is that part that's ready to um, change? Oh, wow. That's beautiful. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what you're doing, right? Like for sure. Like it has been really helpful, um, as just a a different way of framing, you know, it's kind of like asking, is this true? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So uh, before we get into kind of like the, some of the work you're doing, um, I am, so I, I need to, um, share that, or I feel compelled to share that my, um, one of my brothers, so I, I have three siblings, an older sister and two younger brothers. Um, the third born, uh, my brother Tannen has schizoaffective disorder and he wasn't diagnosed until maybe, uh, gosh, how old is he? Um, I'm 39. So he's 35, 36 around there. He might've been diagnosed in his late twenties something yeah. like that. That's and like I, I a typical onset around that age. Yeah. 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 That's what I hear. And, you know, he was a guest on this show too. And he, he very vulnerably and courageously shared, uh, kind of, cause he still has a uh, pretty deep, like, um, in, in intense moments where he feels, um, uh, you know, his, like he's being sort of controlled by the government and uh, other beliefs like that. And, and it's, it's been a, 
uh, a journey of <sighs> allowing him to be in his truth uh, and also like being um, uh, a loving, kind, supportive person in his life um, and, and balancing those two things, especially when his reality is so different from mine uh, in, in moments, right? And it's it's just hard. And I wonder um, for you and your relationship with your father, like how has that piece been for you? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I yeah. don't know that many people who um, have a loved one who, who's, you know, dealing with that. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, it's been an, uh, it's been pretty confusing <laughs> to be honest, mm. um, because, um, my dad's experience of the, it, the schizophrenia part is not um, kind of textbook. It's not, mm. uh, yeah, there's something a little bit different about it, which I think is a, is a blessing in a way because he's, he is able to, to kind of join the collective reality. Mm. Um, he becomes pretty fixated on, he, you know, he's very much focused on, um, sort of it's not religious but it's sort of religious concepts and he's mm -hmm. kind of like you know that's like all he thinks about in a way he he presents more almost more like autism where he's like really like this is like all that i'm thinking about you know like right you know, right watch all these videos and it's like that's all he wants to really talk about and which you know for somebody like me who's like interested in those subjects and like metaphysics and stuff like that it's it can be really interesting because he's got mm -hmm. a lot to say um or share but at the same time it's hard to have a, a what i would say you know maybe more um emotional relationship i don't mm. have experiences you know, there's, there's very few, I could probably name on one hand moments that I can recall of like, um, a father daughter dynamic, you know, of like, yeah. um, and that's hard. That's really hard. Um, it's also really difficult sometimes to talk about or like introduce my dad in this way of like, do I share with people that he has a mental illness? Do I not, you know, he doesn't really present in this typical way of like, having it having a disorder does it matter if people know you know like all these right things. yeah i really circle around um has he been able to hold a job yeah so he was he was working uh up until i was um 12 he worked for tower records and he worked in the databasing department for like years almost 20 oh years. wow um or something like that yeah it was like 19 years. Um, and so he, he's open stores. I mean, he's kind of like, he's good with computers and stuff like that. Like he was able to hold a job a long time and before that even. Um, uh, but then after he struggled to hold a job, but ended up reaching out and finding support through the VA because he was a, um, he was in the Marines, um, for a brief period and actually was discharged, honorably discharged because of the mental illness. Mm. Um, and so in some kind of beautifully bizarre way, he never knew that he had um, access to resources through the VA until he was 
laid off. Um, and so he's been on hundred percent disability ever since then, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, since I was about 16, um, which is when I, you know, he shared with me that he has this disorder. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's like, okay, he was able to hold a job and that's where, you know, I have a lot of like processing around like disillusionment of like, well, what was real? You know, was he okay or was mm. he not okay? Was was our relationship okay or was it not? Was that healthy? Was it not? You know, like, could I trust what he said or was that a delusion? What, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of that that's been going on, which, um, gosh, now that I'm like saying this, I'm realizing that um, a lot of that was actually triggered during during my therapy process when I was, uh, that I was talking about before. Um, so... Yeah, uh, mm. because his health, you know, he has other health issues that um, were exacerbated and that just kind of brought up a lot of questions around like, what, what can I, yeah, what can I trust, I guess? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. I do. Um, I was I was curious and, and I think about it because I, you know, doing this show and sharing very vulnerable uh, stories and, and creating that space for others. I, and, and I, I keep coming back to this idea that uh, we need to believe the people in our lives. Like we need to believe people like period. And we need to like, I mean, this is maybe my perspective. My perspective is that like, I, I want to believe people. Like I want, like if they're telling me that they're, this is, their reality or this is how they see the world. Um, like, or if they are sharing a story, you know, I, I want to say like, I, like my heart says, like, I want to believe you. Like, you know, I, I want to say yes to this, you know? And, and I know that there's like nuance in that. Like if something, someone is saying something that is, you know, deeply offensive or upsetting, I need to like call that out. Right. But, I like when when I'm talking about my brother or 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 even like you know women who who come out again, you know who have the courage right to come out and say like look I was sexually assaulted or I was um taken advantage of in this in this space right like we need to just believe people on that on those terms and I I I know there's some gray to that but my heart says believe <laughs> you know yeah yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think there's like, maybe it kind of ties back into what we started talking about this, like desire to like figure things out, know the mm. truth, you know, fix things. Mm-hmm. I think when we come from that perspective and we're listening to people, um, we're already missing, like, it, it's just a different way of relating. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, if we're trying to listen, like, well, are they telling the truth? Or are they not? Is this real? Is this a delusion? Is this, you know, whatever, right? Are they manipulating? Yes. But when we come from a place of humanity and like, you know, empathy, it's really a different consciousness that we're relating then where it doesn't actually matter if, if I agree, um, it doesn't matter if anyone's right or wrong. It's about being present with somebody and honoring that this is what they're saying and doing in this moment. And I have the choice to, um, be like either connect with them at that point or that level or not. Like it sort of takes, I feel like when I'm able to do that, 
what you're naming right now and just like hear like, okay, yeah, I believe what you're saying is real for yeah. you. Um, it doesn't make what's real for me any different. It, you know, it doesn't have to compete. And I think right. when we come from this place of like trying to figure it out or fix it, there's a, there's an, uh, sort of, yeah, underlying competition almost. Uh, that it's like your truth, uh, negates my truth. Right. 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 Like there's only yeah. one ultimate truth and that's not true. <laughs> like that's, multiple yes. truths exist, right? Multiple yes. perspectives exist, multiple realities exist. And yeah, who's to say that, um, for like for your brother, like that, that's not real. Like that's his real yeah. experience. Who's to say yeah. that my reality is more or less real than someone else's? Like, I don't know. I think we're all a bit um, delusional, to be honest, if we, <laughs> we think that there's a singular um, truth there yeah. on that level, you know? Yeah, I just think there's just so much more empathy and compassion and opportunity for learning and healing when we're open in that way, right? Because yeah. you're right. You're totally right. When you come to it with uh, this you know, maybe it's unconscious, but this, this thing in our heads that says like, Oh, are, are, are they speaking the truth? Are they not, you know, we're not really tapping into the, to, you know, the presence of the moment and the beauty of, of that connection. Um, yeah, we're taking ourselves out of it. And I, I think that that's, uh, that I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm so with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah interested in tuning into like okay well how does that make me feel as i'm hearing you share your yes yes absolutely different than can i figure this out are you deceiving me or you know it's a mental thing um versus the heart thing yeah yeah so like speaking of the heart thing you know one of the things that you're interested in and, and you study and you're curious about is the spirituality of, of humanity, of, of what's going on here. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like your relationship with what that is and, and how that maybe connects with your own mental health? Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where do I start? Um, um, well, what, what, like what, I, I guess let's start here. Like what, what got you curious about, you know, spirituality and, you know, learning about chakras and crystals and those types of things. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's my parents. I think. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think as far as, you know, where it started this life, I believe that I've had many lives um, and probably always had a connection with this. But um, through in this, this go round, my parents definitely were the first introduction to that. Um, I grew up with a bunch of astrology books around the house and, um, myth, you know, books about myths and stuff like that. And that was sort of just kind of part of our sort of family vernacular, you know, Mm. um, the chakra system. I didn't. So my parents, let me say this. My parents were, um, involved in a kind of Eastern, uh, philosophy as far as it wasn't yoga, but similar to that, um, in terms of like under understanding consciousness and moving towards the path of enlightenment, they meditated. My dad was, you know, is, and was an avid meditator. Um, so I was always kind of like aware of that. Um, 
he didn't really share too much about it when I was a kid, but I knew that it was like important, you know, mm. <laughs> and he, he was a big influence. Um, you know, a lot of our conversations that I value, uh, you know, or I, I think back on fondly were always around metaphysics. Um, so, you know, talking about consciousness and the way things work and there's the unknown is always mysterious and magical, at least for me. Um, and I think as a kid of the nineties, you know, I'm a a millennial through and through, like I grew up on magic, (laughs) you know, I grew up. So, um, I'm just going to interrupt, interrupt real quick because I think it's amazing that you had that, uh, (laughs) like my, like I'm shaking my head here because, um, I grew up in a like an evangelical Christian, like very sort of like boxes and narrow minded thinking, you know, s- sort of world. And I'm just in awe of hearing that you were raised in this sort of open your eyes, like look at the universe, like let's be curious world. It's uh, I'm envious. I'm envious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've 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 learned as an adult actually how how um, valuable that was, and and I have so much gratitude for it now that I did not have really as a kid. I didn't sure. know. I I was you know I felt like a weirdo growing up, so yeah, an outsider kind of. Um, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm very grateful for it now. It's. Um, something that, you know, brings a tear to my eye, honestly, just knowing like, okay, I, mm. I talk to friends who share like a kind of similar experience as, as you're sharing now, or, you know, something kind of similar to that. And I just think, wow, I'm so glad that I, I have parents that I can talk to about like real shit. And, yeah. you know, like they, they support me in that and they're not afraid of that. Um, yeah. But to your point, and I think it's a very important one is, what you experienced wasn't the norm, right? And I'd imagine that that had to have felt isolating and you felt like you were the weird one. Whereas, you know, I, I was just another white middle-class family in Southern California, you know, <laughs> believing in Jesus Christ, right? Like that's, every, there was, you know, a million of those. Yeah, you know, so. Of belonging and safety, I think that comes with that, or I imagine that comes with that, and that I—I totally. I, I don't know. I know it's complex, but like I kind of envy that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, yeah, that I feeling that. Because, uh, you know, I felt like we were these little misfits, um, and and you know, uh, yeah. So as much as there was that, there was room for that. There was also like it felt like, and it feels like even now, some hypocrisy. You know, of <laughs> like. Mm. We believe in these things, but what are you doing with it? You know, interesting. Um, you're still yeah. like abusive, <laughs> just yeah. yeah, like plainly, right? Um, but you know, I, I I think as an adult, I'm seeing a lot of different perspectives now and change now, and um, my desire to so basically the the impression that I got as a kid when I was like, mm, yeah, so the whole situation of the sexual assault and then my friend being murdered put me in a very, it was a dissociative state, but in the dissociative state, there's also a lot of um, insight and, you know, you're detached from sort of reality in this way where you can see a big picture. You can have Mm. questions circle about the meaning of life and existential, you know, stuff. And so I already had a knack for that, but when all that happened, I just started to, realize like 
okay, this life is really weird, you know, like <laughs> going on here. And I, wow. So weird. Yeah. Like, you know, my friend was just murdered, but somehow I'm thinking about the people who did that and what led them to do that. And like, they must've been really hurting, you know, like I had that wow. of like, well, what's right and wrong. What's good and bad. Like my friend was involved in selling drugs. Like, did he deserve it? You know, like sure. all of these questions that I'm just like, no, I, I started to shift out of that thinking of like good, bad, right, wrong. And that was a really big awakening moment in my life that led me to studying the chakras because I felt like something's happening with me. I don't know what it is. And I, uh, my dad handed me a book about the chakra system and that has been really impactful, uh, for me over the years. Um, but I have to say, you know, a lot of my life, um, has been, I would say up until maybe what year is it? Like maybe five years ago, a lot of that stuff, all of the sort of like, yeah, esoteric, metaphysical, whatever stuff, um, has kind of been like, oh yeah, I believe it, but I'm a little bit f- afraid to believe it. Um, mm. I-, I believe it. Not not that I'm afraid, but like, how do I say this? Like, oh, that's kind of cool and kind of exciting and like, oh, wow. But there's like, there's this separation between like living in the truth of it, um, living with the knowledge and like using it. Um, well, yeah, one takes effort and responsibility and commitment and discomfort and the other you know is you know well let's put let's make it another analogy like one is just putting up uh, a black square on your instagram right like one is just like saying like uh this is a thing i'm doing and one is actually doing the work right Right. Right. And yeah. So like I could read, you know, I read a bunch of like, for example, astrology stuff or chakra stuff. And it was kind of like, okay, like, this is cool. Like, I want that. I want to understand this stuff or I want to like be aligned, but it was always sort of outside of me. It felt a bit outside of me. Like other people had the knowledge and other people had the enlightenment and Mm. I didn't really know how to access it. Um, so yeah, like at, you know, 18, 19, I had this clarity somehow of like, well, if we're here on this planet, I think that the only thing that I'm really here to do is like gain enlightenment. Like that feels like the way out and it feels very lofty and kind of, I don't know, serious sometimes, but like that, that was the, um, I guess the first place as far as like, uh, you know, integrating spirituality. And Mm -hmm. then it was many years of, of this sort of almost, I don't want to say peripheral. It was more than that, but definitely like this, I'm reading the books. I'm, I'm watching the videos. I'm trying these things out. I'm doing the, you know, I'm doing like rituals and stuff like that, but it's almost like, Oh, it's magic. And magic isn't really real. It's just kind of fun to think it is, you know? Mm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and I would have readings and I would do stuff like that. And I knew it was real for other, like there were certain people that I would like work with who clearly were tapped into something, you know? Yeah. Um, and I always wanted to feel that way. Um, and I, yeah, I guess like five years ago I was going through, you know, a lot of stuff and I just made this decision of like, okay, this is real. I know it's real and I'm not going to like dick around anymore. (laughs) Like I know it's real and I'm not, I'm really going to start treating it as such. I'm not going to doubt myself. I'm not going to second guess my intuition. I'm not going to question the 
you know, the dreams that I, I get or the messages that I'm very clearly seeing through all these synchronicities and stuff like that. Like, I'm just not going to question it anymore. I'm going to take it and I'm going to work with it. And wow. that decision um, has radically changed my life uh, for the better. But like you said, it is also a responsibility of like, okay, you, yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you're going to deal with the, the, um, the intensity of it too. You yeah. can't really hide. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it, I, I think like the, the phrasing that came to mind is like, you put a target on your back, but that's not the right phrasing. It's, but you're, you're really putting, you're putting yourself out there, right? You're like saying, this is, this is the work I'm doing. This is who I am. And that is a vulnerable thing to do. And it can be a scary thing to do. Right. Like when I, you know, I, I, I have this podcast called Yumi Empathy and like, um, people, you know, I won't, not listeners, but like people in my own life have like used that against me and said like, what are you like? You didn't say this, you're the empathy person, right? Like, and she's like, so like, you know, the world kind of twists it against you and can, but you just have to believe in, in the work you're doing and, and, and why it's important for you and, and, and others. And yeah, I kind of have to let the other stuff go a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, um, you know, without religion and getting some kind of, you know, negative beliefs around, around, you know, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Organized religion. Mm -hmm. Um, when I find myself arriving at certain spiritual truths, like the concept of faith, <laughs> I've mm-hmm. had, I've struggled a lot with like, can I use that word? Can I say that? It's so loaded. But like, for me, this, my journey so far has been a uh, deepening and a consistent, like, um, expansion of, or an integration of my own faith in what I believe in, in terms yeah. of the way the universe works, in terms of the way spirit works or whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm, I use the words a lot interchangeably. Um, and as far as, you know, how it kind of ties into my job as a therapist, I want people to find that for themselves, whatever that is for them. Like if you are, if you, if you are part of a particular religion, like, and that's important to you and you really align with those beliefs and those values, like, then it's about integrating and alignment with that. I'm not, you know, my, my version of it is mine. But I think that there's value um, in having spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical integration. Like that to me is health. That is healing. So mm. whatever that looks like for you, and a lot of people have no idea what they believe in. They don't know. So they're just, right. there's lots of conditioning um, that they kind of have to sift through. I mean, we all have to sift through it. But the people who are like, well, I don't really believe in any of these religions, or I don't have any sort of spiritual guidance, um, I, I think that, that, you know, it's fine if you don't, but you do have a belief system. You know, we all yeah. have a belief system and that's, what's actually helping you make decisions every day, but it's unconscious. So for me, it's like how I, yeah, how I work with this is trying to help people uncover that for themselves and, and find more integrity with living in that truth, whatever their, their, their version is. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's so important. I I would even argue that 
you know, there are people in the world who, you know, would say that they, you know, are maybe they're ascribed to a certain organized religion. Um, and, and maybe this is my own sort of baggage and bias toward organized religion. Cause I, you know, I was raised in it and left it, but I, I have this sense for some people, not all that they're, there isn't space for what you're talking about. There isn't space. There's like a rigidity in uh, the way that they look at the world. And so there's no space for the beauty of the sort of the opening and the mystery and the wonder that, um, you know, that we're talking about here, you know, there's like a, a rigidity to it. There's no, it doesn't allow for it. And I, I feel like, um, I, I don't know. That that feels problematic to me, and maybe that's just my bias. But I agree. <laughs> you know, <laughs> speaking as inertia, the human, not the therapist. You know, like I totally agree with you, and um, I have a lot of opinions about that, and like why <laughs> that is. You know, <laughs> um, I, you know, I think that's I think that's intentional. Um, I think there's a lot of power and. Um, like power beyond what we can even sometimes fathom when we're plugged into when we're, we have a direct connection with our, our own source, our own concept of the organizing force or infinite power potential. Like, again, you could call it whatever you want, but there is something, (laughs) there's something working here. Um, and it's, it's not just us, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I, I totally hear you. The rigidity that keeps people from actually feeling that connection, knowing that connection, being okay with the unknown and not being, I think, you know, religion, a lot of religions, at least that I'm aware of, um, they work or they're, the foundation of them is built on a fear consciousness. It's built on, you should be afraid of, of source. You should be afraid of right. or, or, you know, I use the word magic. I know that's kind of a loaded word, but, um, the mystery, you know, of life or the, the divine experiences, you know, we should be yeah. reverence to them and at the same time fear them. And I don't know that that's helpful. Yeah. I, I hear you. Thank you for uh, coming halfway there with me. Um, I I do. And I want to say to the listeners, I I don't have any, you know, I'm not saying you should, you should believe what you want to believe. I I don't. And I, I'm not trying to disparage your religion. I just, I just, you know, believe in the importance of, of the wonder and the, you know, the, the, the mystery and, and the curiosity and, you know, and, and not, you know, and, and for all of it, for our whole selves, for our whole self-actualization and awareness, like that stuff for me has been so important. So I don't know if you're listening to this and you are in a space where you do feel like you are in this, I don't know, rigid anti-curiosity space. Like, I I don't know. Think about it. That's all. I still love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. I'm with you. Like, Again, I, I hope that people find their, like, really tune into, like, is this true for me? Do I really believe this thing? You know, not not the totality of, let's say, a, a religious practice, but, you know, these these moments of, um, there's many different beliefs, right? Like, there's many different yeah. beliefs. 
do I really, do I really align with that? And I think, um, yeah, as far as the, the rigidity, I don't actually, I, I'm not an expert on religion, so I, I don't want to speak like I know. Well, I am, so uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, like I, I do think that there's um, an underlying spiritual truth that that supersedes um, the, the interpretation of those truths. Right. It's mm. kind of like what we were saying before, like if yeah. I go towards the like figuring it out thing, like it removes something. It, it, it is rigid. And mm. I think that a lot of spiritual texts are, are offering a very similar truth um, as far as connecting with a higher power um, and what, what, how we can do that and what that might offer us. I think there's a, there's a lot of similarity there. Um, yeah. But the rigidity feels like it comes in when we, yeah, listen to the fear. I think. I think of I think the fear. I think anxiety. I think um, you know uh, inability to to allow for you know what we were talking about at the beginning, the feelings and the discomfort. Like that's where uh, I think in my mind it goes astray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, well, that was, uh, enlightening. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell, tell the listeners inertia a little bit about like some of the work you do. Cause I, you know, you're a therapist, but you're also doing, you're also bringing some of this stuff that we're talking about into the mix, which is so cool. Like, can you tell listeners about like some of your programs, some of your offerings? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was like a big important thing for me as far as becoming a therapist. I, I had a clear vision of like, I want to do this work that includes the body and includes space for spirituality in whatever way that looks. And especially for folks who are maybe more aligned like me or you that that are interested in um, maybe non-traditional ways, you know, of connecting. Mm. So um, yeah, so in terms of my therapy practice, um, I do work with folks individually. Um, I'm in the process of studying to pass my licensure exam, which is coming up very soon. Um, and then I'm going to be kind of revamping uh, my offerings, but I also have a coaching business currently. Um, that is where I offer some of the groups, which get to be a little bit more flexible. So the groups that I have are, um, for understanding and studying the chakra system. So I have a chakra basics program, which kind of gives you an introduction, um, foundations, like what you need to know. And I, and I come from a perspective of like, you're, I'm going to teach you more about the psychology aspect of it, as opposed to stuff that you can pretty much easily Google, you know, like you can Google Mm. chakras and find out like the color, the, the placement, um, and some of the basic concepts, you know, you can kind of get that information easily, but I, I try to weave in like, okay, well, what do you do with this in a practical way? Like, how do you understand how to work with the root chakra in a very practical day-to-day way? How do you know when you're off, you know, yeah. um, that's that program. And then I have a kind of more intensive program called the spiritual detox program, which is also based on the chakra system. And that's a cleansing, clearing kind of thing. We go you know, next level with processing, um, in that course. And then I have an, a course called embodied resilience, which is based on, um, many different kind of theoretical and, um, practical elements to getting your body regulated. Um, 
So again, I'm a somatic psychotherapist. So I'm looking at how neuroscience is aligning with, you know, um, <laughs> the body, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're like slowly catching up. They're like, oh yeah, maybe we should con- take consideration of how the body's doing <laughs> in this whole, like anxiety process or depression process. What's happening with the body? Yeah. So um, there are many ways in which we can help support our system, not just the body, but the whole system to feel more present, um, you know, more resilient, have more capacity. And so that course is really teaching folks kind of a little bit of the science behind it, because again, we do need to understand, right. Our brain needs to hold on to the information to make sense of it and then, um, have a practical exercise and all the exercises that I offer. I try to make things like really accessible. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I, I have uh, a podcast. <laughs> you have a podcast? Yeah, yeah. I have a podcast called Healing is Mutual. Oh, wow. I love that. What a good name that is. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yes, <laughs> I just started that. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of figuring out what it wants to be. But um, mm. yeah, those are the things that I'm doing. Amazing. Well, listeners, uh, well, actually... Um, well, we'll plug your website and all that stuff in a second. Um, we always wrap up the show inertia talking about empathy heroes. So mm-hmm. folks in our lives who are uh, wonderful, empathetic, uh, compassionate, uh, feely humans. Uh, they could also be actually characters from stories we love or movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go first, name my empathy heroes this week first to give you a moment to think about yours. So, uh, I haven't announced this yet, and this, you know, by the time this episode comes out, uh, I, I would, I will have. So I'm just going to name them. My empathy heroes this week are Austin and Amy from uh, NAMI, um, Orange mm-hmm. County, uh, uh, and NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Um, uh, great organization. I, um, I was, I was, I was re- basically, uh, Austin and Amy reached out to me to see if I'd be curious to co-host, um, a podcast for them, uh, targeted to a younger audience, uh, 16 to 24. Um, and I, I, I was flattered. I, I felt like, you know, I felt very seen. I felt like, you know, they, you know, they saw me and, and sort of, uh, valued my, uh, my experience in podcasting and, you know, the work that I do with this podcast and other things and feel a human. And, um, and, uh, I said, yes, and it's going to be a short run podcast. Um, the name at this point, I, we don't know what it's going to be called. Uh, we're still working that out, but it's gonna be a short run podcast through December. And I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if I have the time or energy to really do it. Of course, I, I'm going to do it and make it happen. But it, I'm excited. I'm overwhelmed by it. It's going to be a good opportunity for me. And I, uh, I'm i just grateful that Austin and Amy thought of me. It just felt really nice. And so I wanted to call out them for that. Mm, awesome. I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this question. I had so many people come to mind and that just oh, made yeah. me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. yeah. So grateful for so many people in my life. As I mentioned, you know, I'm going through a breakup of sorts and um, yeah. um, there's been so many beautiful people to show up and, and like hold space for me in this way. 
um, I guess uh, the first person that comes to mind is my friend Courtney, Courtney McKinney. Um, they're, uh, they live far away. Well, not super far away from me, but in another city and, you know, they just hold a lot of space for me every day, like every day, mm. talk all day. So, Aww. um, really grateful for them. And, um, and yeah, as maybe co- complicated as this answer is, I also want to name my, um, partner, ex-partner Moses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they are very empathetic and hold space too in this way. Um, yeah, I, I, there's like so many names. There's so many names coming up for me. So all my friends, (laughs) (laughs) um, but definitely good to have empathetic friends. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, and congratulations on this opportunity. I know what it's like when you're like, ah, it's exciting and also overwhelming. And I don't know if I actually have time, but so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, you know, it's funny because a part of like the equation that went into like me saying yes, was that my, my partner, Jessica, she's in a doctorate program. Um, and so she just started it. And so she's tremendously busy. So I thought, Hey, I can do this for the next few months and we can be super busy together, you know? So it kind of aligned in that way. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, inertia, um, where can the feely humans out there, uh, sign up for your offerings, learn more about you can, can, and connect with you? Yeah, they can find me, um, on, well, I have a website. It's my first and last name, which is Inertia DeWitt, I-N-E-R-T-I-A-D-E-W-I-T-T, um, inertiadewitt.com. And on Instagram, the same thing, Inertia DeWitt. <laughs> those are where I, those are the places I hang out. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, listeners, those links will be in the show notes for this episode. Inertia, thank you for being a part of Yumi Empathy. Thank you so much, Nan. This has been really awesome. I feel really grateful to have shared the morning with you. Oh, likewise, my friend. And to you listeners, as I always say, I'm here, you're here, we're here together on this wayward, overwhelming, awe-inspiring pale blue dot. We have each other. It's you, me, empathy. Oh, oh, oh.